for the return of awesomeness. My fist hungers for justice. That was my fist. Everybody was Jack Black. Kung Fu Staring Contest. Go! You guys look amazing, by the way. DreamWorks Kung Fu Panda 2. All right. Well, as you uh, have known by now, we, we just finished up VBS, and my family, we were on vacation. We had planned it before VBS was scheduled, so we missed out, and I didn't get to be here until today, but it, it was a wonderful week. Those who were here have already heard several stories about it. Uh, several months ago, when I found out that the theme for VBS was uh, Pandamania, in a staff meeting, I said, well, we've got to show a clip of Kung Fu Panda, because it's the best animated movie of all time. And... Um, then Richard, lo and behold, asked me to preach, and so I said, oh, now we're definitely showing Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> because they are my favorite animated movies, both the first and second one. The first one was a little better, but the second one was just as good. It came out last month. Actually, that was the trailer from, from last year. Actually, though, Kung Fu Panda, the movies, pertain very well to what VBS talked about this week. VBS, we were teaching the children out of Psalms 139. And there were five main themes, each, uh, one for each night. The first was God made you, which comes out of Psalm 139, verse 14. We'll go over that in just a second. Second theme was that God listens to you. The third was that God watches over you. The fourth was that God loves you no matter what and wants to lead you. And the fifth was that God answers prayer. And those are out of verses 14, 4, 12, 24, and 5. And in the Kung Fu Panda movies, in the first one, you have uh, Poe, who's the panda. We, we call them panda bears. They're not really bears, though. They're really more akin to the raccoon family. But that's for biology and another subject. If you know a biology teacher, you can call them and ask them about that. But, so we're just going to call them panda. Panda, the Poe, Poe the panda, the main character of Kung Fu Panda movies, is the dragon warrior. Uh, the, all of China has been looking for the dragon warrior who is going to come and free the nation. And, and uh, the Furious Five have been training for ages. And right when they're going to, p Destiny has picked the day to pick the, the dragon warrior, Kung Fu Panda or Po comes, uh, accidentally stumbles in, actually falls in. He attached himself to some fireworks because he'd gotten locked out of the temple. And he falls in and they pick him. And Destiny picks this panda bear. And I guess one of the reasons it's one of my favorite movies is because the older I get and the bigger I get, the idea of an obese panda bear being the best kung fu dragon warrior is appealing to me. Um, <laughs> and my punch is similar to his. So uh, anyways, he gets picked. And, and, and the whole story is he goes out and he's training and the Furious Five are furious because they didn't get picked. And uh, eventually he gets the dragon scroll and he learns the secret to becoming the dragon warrior. And it's just a, basically a mirror. And he opens the scroll and sees a picture of himself. And in the first movie he figures out that in order to become the dragon warrior, there's nothing special about you. You just have to believe in yourself, right? Which is just full of Eastern religious undertones. Uh, we all know, especially those who attended VBS this week, and as I just mentioned and we'll read in a minute, that believing in yourself doesn't amount to a hill of beans. We believe in the one who created us, the one who is God. 
So in that area, Kung Fu Panda gets it all wrong. But for movie's sake, it worked out funny and fine. And then in 2, Kung Fu Panda 2, you have Po, who is now the Dragon Warrior, defending all of China with the Furious Five, and, uh, and the, the evil peacock who tried to kill all panda bears because it was prophesied over him that a panda bear would kill him. So he killed all the pandas, except he missed some, and Po being one of them. And Po now, in order to fulfill his destiny and beat the peacock, he has to discover true inner peace. And so in order to do that, he has to go back and find out who his parents really are and all this kind of stuff. And once again, it, it works well with us, not in the sense that we need to discover inner peace and believe in ourselves, much the way Eastern religious undertones would suggest. Rather, we as Christians, we need to truly believe in the one who created us, and we need to come to peace with him in order to have a fulfilling life. And that's what we, we showed the kids. So what we're going to do to start off this morning is we're going to read Psalm 139. So if you brought your Bibles, pull it out and turn to Psalm 139. If you didn't, it might be suggestive that you're getting a little lazy as we keep throwing the scriptures on the screen. Um, the screens don't always work, as many of you who were here several weeks ago when we did the Apostles' Creed, my, and I was supposedly reciting it, looking at the back screen, and I messed up, uh, can tell. So, if you don't have your Bible, you'll have homework at the end of the day. Psalm 139, here we go. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. I had to suggest uh, in the last service as I talked with Rebecca or Ellen to find out what a hem is. I suppose most of you know what a hem is. You hem me in behind and before, you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. Now, as we're reading this, I understand that we're in church and we need to be proper. But, but to me, this is kind of like one of those uh, Old Spice commercials or the Dos Equis beer commercials. You know, the man that can't do anything wrong. This scripture talks about God in a way that, in my opinion, right here, we should all be stopping going, oh, yes, woo, cheering, something like that, because we serve an awesome God. Our God knows us. There's nowhere we can go from him, whether we're in the depths, the heights, even the darkness is as light to our Lord. His right hand is upon us, and he holds us fast and tight. This God is the God of all gods, and he, and he loves us. He knows us. He's for us. We should be excited about this. This is one of those things that, that in all reality, Old Spice and Dos Equis stole their ideas from Scripture. And they, they're, they're trying to play, play off us talking about the one who really is the big cheese, the head honcho, the one who has no faults, God himself. For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. 
Your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What a wonderful passage to teach the children through VBS. As they are are beginning life and as they are going to be raised to become productive citizens of society, it's it's a scripture that many of us know very well. We, we, We quote it to the children, we quote it to the youth all the time. Youth dealing with so many pressures of self-esteem issues. Right now, one of the most popular singers out there today is Lady Gaga, who just wrote this song, I Was Born This Way, which is just a heap of lies. Uh, because because we, we, we aren't born in, in a way that we choose to live. God created us. God created us who we are, and he created us to follow him in his ways. He ordained our steps. And when we're messed up, it's not just that we were born that way. When we mess up, it's because we mess up. And so we quote this to the teenagers and the children all the time. The travesty is, though, is that quoting it to them won't amount to a hill of beans if you and I aren't living it. As adults, as examples, walking daily in front of the children. We love to quote it. You know, when I was, when I was seven... And my, my dad would give me allowance every weekend. And after tithe and sending some to savings, it amounted up to about $3 every weekend. And I can remember when I was seven, I got this, this monumental idea that I was going to save my spending money. And instead of going and getting a G.I. Joe figure that weekend again, I was going to wait. And I was going to let it build up so I could get something big. So I did. I waited. I mean, I waited. All of three weeks. It was amazing. And... Um, <laughs> But for a seven-year-old, three weeks is like 30 years, right? I mean, it's, it's like taking out a payment plan for a car or something. Uh, but there was this panda bear. It was about half the size of this one on stage in the toy store, in, in the Walmart. Walmart didn't exist back then. Uh, I think it was a Kmart or something. Uh, there was this panda bear, and I wanted that panda bear so bad. And when I, of course, when I was seven, that panda bear was huge, you know. So I saved up until I had $8, and I went and bought that panda bear. My parents still have it in their house. Um, and, and I remember slaving and, and fighting the urge to go buy stuff to buy this panda bear. Well, now when I go to my parents' house, like I said, it's about half the size of this one behind me. Uh, I look at that panda bear and I think, wow, I slaved over nothing, <laughs> you know. Uh, in a lot of ways, you and I view this pe- portion of Scripture just like that. We think it is very applicable to the children and the teens, but, but when it really gets down to business, you and I, we don't apply this to our lives. Each one of us should have this, this portion of Scripture memorized. There's another portion of Scripture in John that says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's Jesus speaking. He says, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And the reality of it is, is that many of us in the room today, uh, while we think that's a wonderful portion of Scripture, we don't apply it to our lives. How long did it take us to get ready this morning? 
And what are we getting ready for? I mean, according to this portion of Scripture, God was there when we got out of bed and taken a shower. So what were we getting ready for? For him or to create this persona? How much money do we spend, women, every year on lotions and creams to try to avoid wrinkles? Guess who created wrinkles? Men and women, how, how, how many hours a week do we slave away at work because we think that our identity is wrapped up in our success in the workplace? When in reality, all of our jobs will end one day and none of them will go to heaven with us. How many people in the room are, are, are struggling? Divorce is at a higher rate within the church than it is outside the church. And what that tells me is that many of us are trying to find our purpose and our meaning in a significant other. And maybe you're a victim of divorce. Maybe it was you or maybe you were left. But either way, when we try to find our purpose, our meaning, our, our, our enjoyment in life from a significant other, then we're misguided. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Unfortunately, it's not that hard for him to do it. When we read that scripture, we think of things like famine and disease and, and earth-wide catastrophes, massive earthquakes and things. But, but it's really the same line that Satan's been feeding us since the Garden of Eden. Satan doesn't have to bring those tremendous things in our life. All he has to do is get our focus off of God our creator, our sustainer, the one who hymns us in, the one whose right hand is upon us and holds us, the one who knit us together in our mother's womb, the one who ordained our days before they ever even began, the one who knows our every thought. And he puts our focus on us creating our own persona. We create this abundant life. I slave at my job so that I can make more money so that I can have a better life. I work hard. How many hours a week do we work out or diet so that we can look better for a significant other? The reality of it is, is that while this scripture is very wonderful, many of us fall into the trap that the enemy is feeding us and we're st he's stealing our joy, he's stealing our life, and we are slowly dying. Not just a physical death, we are dying an emotional and spiritual death when we buy into the lies of the enemy. The reality of it is, is I, I, I don't, there, there's no words I could give you today that could really, really do justice for the fact that your purpose, my purpose, my meaning, my joy, and my life come from the one who created me. Most of us act like Poe most of the time. If I just believe in myself, if I just work harder, if I just eat less, work out more, if I put on more makeup, if I buy new clothes, if I get better friends, if I leave this old spouse for a new one, or if, if the old spouse left me, then, then I'm... I'm no. We don't need to look to ourselves. We need to look to the one who created us, who 
has a plan to prosper us, not to harm us. That we were singing about earlier, who came and took our place so that we could have abundant life. Today there are no words that I can say that can step into your situation. The thoughts going through your head, the things that you are struggling with, the hurts that someone has caused you. But your creator can. So often in church we give you a wonderful wealth of head knowledge and we expect you to go out and apply it. But today we're not going to do that. Today we're going to open the altars and we're going to sing. And we're going to ask our creator, the one who ordained our days, the one who knew us, who knit us together in our mother's wombs. We're going to ask him to meet us here. We're going to ask him to bring identity to us. So whatever it is, wherever you're at, maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe your spouse is in heaven with the Lord, and now you're struggling with identity. What is my job here? Who am I without my loved one? Whatever it is, self-worth, pains, healings, maybe you're just tired of the rat race of constantly pursuing the American dream of success. Know this today. You have a creator. And he loves you just as you are. He ordained your every step. And he walks with you when you're on the highs and when you're on the lows. Even when you're in the darkest of places and you can't see where tomorrow is going to come, darkness is as light to our Lord. When you're confused, when you're lonely, when you're afraid, He knows everything. He has no fear. And His right hand is upon you. That's what Psalms 109 says. So as we sing, I'm going to invite you to stand. And we're going to open these altars. And, and rather than give you a how-to process, I'm just going to invite you to come and meet with your Creator because he can do it so much better than I can. And as you come to the altars, if you want someone to pray with you, just extend your hands forward. Chiv, Kiva, and I are here. If not, we're just going to leave you alone with your creator. To spend time with him and say, God, wherever my focus has been misguided, let me focus back on you. For when my focus is on God, then all these other things just fade away. And when circumstances change in my job, my friends, my, my significant other change, He never changes. My purpose remains the same. My, my meaning remains the same because He gives it to me. His Holy Spirit is alive inside me if I've asked Him to be Lord of my life. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that Your Word would be true where two or more are gathered, that you are there. So I pray that you, our creator, would sustain the one who ordained our days, that you would meet us here today. That if there's anyone in the room struggling with a sense of purpose or lost, lonely, afraid, if there are here who are struggling with worry, anxiety, 
pray that you would meet them in this place, that you would reassure them that your word would be true, that though things get out of control, you are right there with us, and nothing is a surprise to you. So meet us in this place, and as we sing and exalt your name, be who you are and remind us who we are, that we belong to you, we were bought with a price on the cross.